This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Blue Monday post-match stream for Guess What Score? Shrewsbury nil, Ipswich Town nil. Um, That intro music's very dramatic, isn't it, Seb? But this wasn't the worst nil-nil draw we've seen in the last 10 games, was it? Good evening, Seb, by the way. No, having been on here and sat through was it Charlton nil nil with no shots on target and Rochdale <laughs> with no shots on target tonight was a uh, a plethora of uh, of shots and stuff so no it, it wasn't one of the worst ones we've seen let's be honest but when you messaged me was it end of last week saying fancy the Tuesday pod and I did say that's yeah. a, that's a guaranteed nil nil if I'm on it and sure sure as anything that comes to fruition but no it was, wasn't the worst we've seen in the last few the last few weeks. Uh, We'll go in sort of infinite detail in a minute, Seb, but a game of missed chances, both sides not really on point with their finishing tonight, were they? No, exactly right. I mean, we had the two long ranges, didn't we? From from Parrot, the one Norwood blazed over that that sitter where their guy hits the clips the top of the bar as it goes over. It was just a, it was a dead rubber, wasn't it? To be honest, a completely pointless game at the end of the season. Two sides not really going at it, you know, hell for leather. And uh, nil nil was probably the right result. I, I think they had the better openings. We, I think we shaded it, especially start of the second half. But they had the better opening, so a draw is probably the fair result. And thankfully, only uh, only one more to go on Sunday. <laughs> um, before we go any further, let's just say thank you to Bits four ninety nine on the super chat. There, thanks for all my therapy and dedication you have given in one of the worst seasons I can remember in all uh, recall in all my forty years of following town on Woods. Thank you very much, Bits. Of course, you can support. Um, via Super Chat any point during the show. And we would invite you to get your comments in. We normally, Seb, well, when I'm hosting, we do a score out of 10. Um, give um, the Ipswich performance a score out of 10 if you are watching in the chat um, from this one tonight. Give us a score out of 10. Please hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. We're on Twitter and Facebook at the moment. And if you see me looking over there every now and then, there's a very, very big championship game going with five minutes to go. So I promise in about five minutes time, I won't look over there. There you go. Still nil-nil. Get your scores out of 10 for Ipswich in that one. I thought we were going to get a bit higher than that. 4-3. Steve Cottrell yelling down the I follow coverage. George with a five. Um, I wouldn't go as low as a four or a three, Seb. No, I was thinking sort of five to six. You know, we did create some stuff. Start of the second half, we did okay, I thought, for the first 10, 15 minutes after half time. So threes and fours seemed to me a little bit low. You know, it wasn't as bad as some of the ones we've seen recently. So I'm going to go for a, for a six. We we attacked with intent at <laughs> times, not overly uh, not overly well at times. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a six. And compared to what we've seen recently, that, that seems like a, a decent score. Oh, how the bar has been Yeah, lowered. yeah. <laughs> so Seb already mentioned this. We'll just quickly flash up the league table there. Um, another game still going tonight. Uh, Charlton are leading 
against Lincoln. Look at what you could have won <laughs> there. Um, Charlton still with a chance of getting in the playoffs, going in to round 46. Obviously, uh, we sitting there in ninth place, going for the ninth place cup, trying not to um, finish lower than 11th like last season. Shrewsbury, um, safe and clear, 10 points clear of the relegation. So, Rotherham are in. Oh, God, no, they didn't score. There we go. So, I've got to stop this. This is an Ipswich Town stream. I'm on Ipswich Town duty there, but Freddie Ladapo nearly getting on the end of the cross there. Um, right, here was your town team for tonight. Uh, Cornell in goal, Vincent Young, Wolfenden, McGuinness, Kenlock, Downs, Dazelle, Dobra, Parrott comes in for Bishop, Edwards and Norwood. Um, first of all, what do you think, um, Seben? What do you think um, Paul Cook's thinking was with that lineup? Well, no great shock, you know, if he finally won a game at the weekend. I didn't watch it the weekend, which was why they won and scored goals <laughs> and stuff. Um, but having won a game at the weekend, there were never going to be too many changes. Parrot coming in for Bishop. I guess we saw that nice link-up play. Was it towards the end of Lambert's era or early Cook's era where Parrot would drop slightly deep? And they seemed to be building an understanding between him and Norwood. So no real issues with him playing in there. And, you know, the, the, the vast majority of the team these days kind of kind of picks itself. What I did think was weird, that I guess we'll, we'll come on to, was the complete lack of subs. That seemed absolutely bizarre but you know I guess we'll people have... obviously decided he was not going to do any hadn't he for yeah but I don't know why exactly he would do that but it was only and we'll talk about Kane Vincent Young at the end as you were resetting your router <laughs> Seb that was that was the only stuff I mean what 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 reason is that was it that perhaps he's told the players look you're all on for 90 minutes impress me there's there's going to be no subs I, I don't know I'm I'm clutching. What, what do you think the thinking was? Maybe. I mean, obviously, there's nothing riding on the game. So he can just say to people, you know, you've got 90 minutes to try and impress me. He has said, hasn't he? Decisions have been made and nobody's going to change my mind. Or maybe he's just got a complete lack of faith with, with what's on the bench in terms of, of quality, I guess. Maybe, you know, Bishop aside, is there anybody on the bench you would look to and honestly, hand on heart, say they can change a game for me? I just thought it was weird as, you know, as players noticeably started to drop in the second half that he didn't look to do anything. But I guess that shows what he thinks of our squad and what he thinks of, of you know, how things are going to be moving forward. Yeah. Right, there's the Shrewsbury team there. Burgoyne in goal. Familiar name there at right centre-back there. Pennington, Walker, Pierre, Ogbeta and Love are the wing-backs. Davis, who's been playing for years for Birmingham in the Championship. Vela, Norburn, Wally, who got sent off, didn't he, at Portman Road last year? Was that the same guy? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that and- was a 3-0, wasn't it, where... You you said we we're not actually that good, and you were pop on. We we won three 0 but we weren't very good. And that... Mikey calls it the day Ben realised we were crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Bloxham up top. Um, good luck to him. Seventeen years old and built like an absolute brick outhouse. He, I think he might he might have a future, Seb. Uh, yeah, certainly. He's massive, isn't he? He's a bit like when Connor Wickham was sort of, you know, 16, yeah, right. 17, an absolute, just a physical specimen. So, no, fair play. You know, he, he did okay. And, yeah, given given his size and his attributes at this level, certainly I think he'll have a, a decent future in the game. Uh, get your comments in. We'll talk about the first half now. So, comments on the first half, and we'll read a few when um, Seb's had his say. Um, I think... On chances, probably Shrewsbury edged the first half. Um, Norburn sent Wally through 1v1. Dobra started to tick. He's probably going to get a bit better as well in the second half. But um, that was probably the one big chance for Wally on the 1v1. Uh, Bloxham had one safe from the angle. Cornell did well both times. Parrot with a long ranger. What were you saying about the first half? Um, so get your thoughts in on the on the first half, um, guys. Like you've just said there, the two best chances fell to Shrewsbury. I thought Cornell did really well to get down for the, the first of the two. Did really well there. I'm not sure Holy would have managed to get down so quickly. So decent performance from, from Cornell with those those couple of saves. Harrop, uh, not Harrop, sorry. Uh, Parrot has that, that one long ranger, which the goalie sort of pushes away. But other than that, nothing really happened. Dobra sort of looked to get on the ball, didn't he, and make things happen. And as the game went on, I think he started to grow into the role a little bit. A couple of times he would drop his shoulder and look to make a run. Okay, sometimes you're screaming at him to get a shot off when he's looking to make that extra pass. But at least he's looking to move it forward with intent. But they had the better chances in the first half. That parrot shot aside, I don't think we really created anything, did we? Um, on the commentary, Seb, I thought Ian Atkins was pretty good on the sort of broad strokes. And 
he wasn't quite having Parrot as a as a number ten. It does seem an odd odd role for him. And I didn't expect we'd see him again. I know he came in at the weekend mm. as a as a sub. Do you think we'll see Parrot again for Fleetwood in the ten? Well, I mean, it's it's one last chance to look at somebody like Bishop, isn't it? Or maybe move Dobra more more central. Like you said, I, I was surprised he came out of nowhere because he must have gone four, five, six squads without even being on the bench. And there were there were rumours online and stuff that he had a falling out with Cook, etc. But for whatever reason, he's he's come straight back in. As I said earlier, him and Norwood did link up quite well, probably two months, six weeks ago now, when he played that slightly withdrawn role. So they have shown they can do it in the past. But you know, he is an out and out striker. You know, he's been build at Spurs as the next Harry Kane etc I think he wants to be playing in a, in a in a front two or certainly leading the line so um we might see him there on on Saturday and again if we do uh oh, sorry on Sunday again if we do I think that's a bit of sort of cook you know saying this is what I've got and I'll give him one last go because I just simply don't don't trust or, or rate anybody else in the role um I thought we started the second half quite mm. well yeah. Seb um I thought there was a bit of intensity and um, you know, real simple things of just, you know, kind of getting up for it and um, the, the sort of things that Roy Keane says and everyone rolls their eyes when he's on Sky. Oh, run forward, run around. <laughs> but it did it did have that effect, the first five of the second half, would you agree? Yeah, we started decently for the first sort of, what, 10, 10, 12 minutes of the second half. We were looking to make things happen. Kenlock was sort of starting to get forward a little bit. Dobra was noticeably getting on the ball, looking to make things happen, dropping a shoulder and running at them. And I kind of thought, OK, well, he's had them in at halftime. He's kind of given them a bit of a, a bit of a rollicking maybe. And we're really going to show some intensity and some some kind of, you know, some attacking intent. But it kind of just drifted after that when he got to about the hour mark, 65 minutes. I was starting to think, right, well, surely there'll be some sort of sub coming in or something to to help mo- maintain this momentum as the, as the fitness levels are starting to drop. But it just kind of just kind of petered out apart from that one Norwood chance. I thought in the second half, we we should have been on the score sheet. I thought we showed enough and with a bit of confidence, a bit of quality. Everybody's going to be very pleased. Luton nil, Rotherham <laughs> nil, done. Um, still, we'll, we'll ask the chat about that, who they'd prefer um, in League One in, in a minute, but there you go. I'll, I'll focus fully this way um, <laughs> now. So Norwood uh, slides in Edwards, tricky angle. He fires over the bar. Parrot, really nice long range, as said, that was going in the corner and dipping. Nice nice technique on that. And then um, the one time Edwards had a final ball, he feeds it back to Parrot and just uh, composure, just slide that yeah. low into the keepers. You know, we see middle in championship players finishing them every week don't we um Kenlock cross Norwood heads wide on the back post um uh that's it for Ipswich good chances but just off it quality wise weren't they don't you think for those efforts yeah, decision-making and quality are the two things that kept coming up time and time, wasn't it? Again, you know, so many times we were moving forward and, you know, you're shouting, get a shot off, have a go, and we just look to make that extra pass or we cut back and look to go backwards and it can get it can get so frustrating. Maybe it's a confidence thing or more than likely it's just a, just a lack of quality thing. I thought the Norwood chance where he blazed over, that was the one where I thought that's who you'd want it to fall to in the six-yard box or just outside it, you know, your one man that you want there to hit it and once he blazed over, I kind of figured we, we ain't going to score tonight. No, composure not there. And I've got to say, Shrewsbury really should score on 79. And I, I saw Dave Edwards come on and I thought, oh, this is a proper Mick McCarthy player from <laughs> from years ago when in that Wolves team where they all had bleach blonde hair, at, Phil Neville blonde <laughs> tips at one point. And I thought, don't let him have a, a, a header when he's running onto a cross or B, a 1v1 where it's composure and he gets a 1v1. Another good save by Cornell, but how Udo didn't score the follow-up where he won the header against McGuinness and you think, let it hit you on the head and it's (laughs) gone in the goal and um, over the top, um, clips the the top of the bar. Um, And you've already mentioned Dobra feed um, Norwood fired over that was the um, chance wasn't it that, that was there was a lovely weighted ball through as well from Dobra wasn't it really nice weight on the pass Dobra hasn't got a break uh, sorry Norwood hasn't got a break stride but yeah the, the one time you want that bit of composure and like I said the probably the one person in the squad you want it to fall to unfortunately blazes over absolutely and then um you didn't see this Seb so I'll try and run you through it um we we kind of have a thing just to um uh, peel back the curtain here. We've got to get onto the stream as soon as the game finishes. And said being the ultra pro he is, is resetting his router. So there's no 
internet trouble. God, I've just used the words internet trouble in, yeah. the, middle of a, in the middle of a stream. And Kane Vincent Young, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, but um, he's kind of driving forward down the right-hand side. He goes down. It looked like the impact, um, what was there, looked sort of, you know, in his ribs or, again, I'm not a doctor. Um, and then he's down and James Norwood's like holding his arm and uh, Vincent Young is banging his boot down on the ground. And then both physios come on, sit him up real slow. I didn't see the horrible snap it back in moment if indeed okay. that happened or was necessary. But um, some issue, I think, with the left shoulder, obviously um, there's one game of the season to go and then we'll be August the 7th. But this guy's not got good luck with injuries. <laughs> no, it. such a shame. If it is a bad injury, such a shame for him because, you know, he started to get going again. He's played the, what, last seven, eight games on the bounce and you're really hoping he can you know, have a really good pre-season and, and, and Cook can pin his hat on him to be his starting right back for 46 games last, next season. So if it is if it is a bad one, we wish him well. If it is a bad one, that'll be a concern. But like you said, the, the one good time for it to happen is with a completely meaningless game for the last match of the season and then a solid, you know, two and a half, three months of hopeful rest and, and recuperation. If, if he needs an operation or something, they can get it done quickly and hopefully it shouldn't have too much of a, of a bearing on him next year because he's going to be crucial. You know, we saw today with the with the fullbacks getting forward pretty much all game, that's how Cook's going to want to play. So KBY is absolutely vital for that and, and fingers crossed it's not going to be a bad one. Um, the worst one I saw, who's that Pompey defender who Norwich signed, used to play for Rotherham, scored against us, he was offside. I no, can't uh, what his name is. No, um, gonna, I know you mean, but I can't think of it. Raggett, Sean Raggett. Um, he, I forget who elbowed him. Um, I think it might have been Will Keane, possibly, or Colin Quayner, and it was right in front of me, and they basically tried to reset his teeth right in front <laughs> of the, oh, in front of the Pioneer <laughs> stand. That was absolutely horrible. There you go, Liam. I got there. there I got go, there. Yeah. I got there one second um, ahead of you, buddy. Um, so yeah, good luck to Kane, Vincent Young. Um, we did get the perfect segue. We normally shoehorn in chicken segues, um, and I haven't paid George uh, to say this, but George apparently had some favourite chicken yesterday, Seb. So of course, we hope that George, um, if you have a look on the ticker there, got his twenty percent off. Um, if he's in Ipswich, um, 20% off for Blue Monday subscribers. Uh, visit www.chicken-ipswich.co.uk. Enter the code BM20 at checkout. Uh, favorite chicken delivery only. Partnering up with us. Buck, buck, buck. Can't believe I did that. Um, <laughs> until, the, until the end of the season. So um, I hope, George, you enjoyed your chicken. And I How's hope the, you did uh, it. How's the song coming along? Are you going <laughs> to regale us with the last game of the season? Are you going to bring it out for the, uh, the um, final pod? Yeah, there, there is the song. <laughs> <laughs> there is the, there is the song, um, Seb. Right, what can we put back on the ticker there? Let's put that one up. Now, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Blue Monday. Get your questions in. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, um, where we are right now. Just hit that button. Uh, follow on Instagram as well. Find us on Facebook. All of that good stuff. Um, get your questions in the chat. What I would love um, is your man of the match. Um, I suspect we're going to get a lot of Dobras. If anyone wants to put any detailed, many um, scores out of 10 for any of the town players, I know that's always good fun. Uh, we'll pop them up on the screen. Um, but your, your man of the match, I mean, Dobra really Dobra. did something that we haven't seen town players do for much of this season and attacked, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really yeah. tried to really tried to ca- carry the threat, didn't he? Um, Dobra, was yeah, that... but Cornell as well. Special mention for Corn- Cornell. You know those yeah, fair uh, those two saves in the first half and that one in the second. You know if he, if he's not on the on the money there, then we could have easily conceived. We got it. We got lucky with the one in the second half where you know he makes the first initial good save and the guy clips the top of the bar. But yeah, I'd say yeah. I guess let's go for Dobra from an attacking point of view because you know he looks to try and make things happen. I guess he'll start against Fleetwood and and hopefully sign off with a decent performance there. And is he going to be one next year that's going to get loaned out potentially to give himself you know a year's of development, or is he going to be a bit of a bit of an impact? 
impact player. I guess we have to wait and see, but at least he's got the right the right attributes. You know, he's looking to beat a man, drop his shoulder, get a cross in. All you want him to do sometimes a little bit more is just get that shot off because we, we've seen in the past. Was it Charlton in the pizza, the um, Papa John's trophy towards the start of the season? He absolutely wellied one. You know, for for a goal from out, well outside the area, and sometimes you just want him to to unleash and have that shot. But I guess that will come with with coaching and decision making and confidence and stuff. So we'll, we'll go Dobra and um, we'll see what he does next year. I guess. Just uh, amazes me, and I don't want to go into a lament about the standard of the team, but the sheer novelty of seeing a player pick up the ball, spin, and, you know, little clever pickouts. I know we see Dizelle do them often, Seb, where it's a, it's a no-look pass or one through the lines that you didn't quite see from the sidelines. And uh, But Dobber a few times, little balls inside the fullbacks. Are we going to possibly look back and say, ah, oh, this could have been a bit of a bit of a breakthrough um, one where Dobra played well for 90 minutes in front of Paul Cook. And that question you're just asking, you know, is he a, a loan out? Is he a get rid? Is he a squad player? Is he a first team? And maybe maybe that question got a little bit answered tonight. I think so. It's the first time he started to look influential in a game, isn't it? We've had a few times in the league where he's kind of looked a little bit out of his depth at times and he gets overrun a little bit. He's, he's got a bit of a temper as well. But tonight he was really starting to affect things, looking to get on the ball and make things happen. That weighted ball through for the the Norwood Charms was a lovely ball inside the inside the full back and and it's a big year for him next year you know because he signed the deal last summer there was obviously interest elsewhere from from Brighton or whatever and maybe a one club abroad so he's going into the second year of a three year deal so it is a really crucial a crucial year for him should he have gone out back in September and gone on loan to was it Crawley and he thought I want to stay and fight for my place I don't mind that I quite like that that sort of arrogance that kind of you know belief in yourself. Um, it hasn't really worked out this year as he wanted to, but hopefully he'll get a decent start on, he'll get a start on Sunday, finish the season strongly. And then next year is really, you know, it's going to be up to him, isn't it? I guess who we recruit in the summer will depend massively on his future, but he's the one that's got that little spark and can look to look to make things happen and can do things that other players at the moment in the squad can't do, whether or not the squad in August can, you know, is still lacking in those areas remains to be seen, but it's going to be a big year for him next year. So I'll put this one to you, Seb, and obviously to the, stream and the chat as well how many of that 11 do you go <laughs> do you go forward with um and a similar question i mean it might be the same answer how many of those players are capable of doing what paul cook seems to be um asking them to do i think he's clearly he's made it clear isn't he that a lot of that side aren't going to be here i guess if you look at that 11 tonight if we were going into the starting well, immediately game... immediately take out McGuinness and Parrot. Sorry to cut you yeah. off, Sam. Yeah. Uh, if we go into the starting game of next, let's say August, this is the first game of the season. If we've got Vincent Young at right back, Downs in midfield, I can see those two starting the first game of next season. After that, it's going to be very, very much dependent on the recruitment. You know, if you look at that side there, uh, I'd imagine, uh, what have we got? Dizelle, is he going to be able to do what Cook wants him to do in a midfield too? And will he look better, like the guys were saying on the pod on Sunday? Will he look better with players, better players in front of him? You know, is he a victim of, of the players and, and behind the striker? Big, ugly Sean Derry type next to him. Exactly, yeah. doing his hard work, yeah. So I would say Vincent Young and Downs, if they start on the first game of next season, I've got no issues with that. The rest of them, you know, Wolfenden I didn't think was great tonight, but, you know, he's, he's here for another two years, I think, on his contract. So, you know, Cook has to make a decision on him. Kenlock, I think, is fine as a squad player, but I think we'll be definitely after a new left back. McGuinness won't be here. One of Cornwall and Cornwall are only going to be here next year, I guess, but only hopefully as a as a reserve because we need better at the back. So out of that lineup, I'd say two, maybe with with Wolfenden and Dobra maybe pushing as squad players, depending how the recruitment goes. Let us know in the chat what you think of um, Seb's analysis there. Um, which of these players? I know we've kind of done this a couple of times, but it gets a bit clearer with every passing week, as in who's being selected and mm. who seems to be, you know, capable of what seems to be being asked. I probably said seems to be about five times um, too many there. Uh, Max, Vincent Young, Downs, Dobra, Edwards, interesting. Edwards is surprising. Yeah, I was disappointed with him tonight. I don't think he's been great for the last few weeks. So if he were to be one that was one's released, there's no option on his contract, is there? So if he's one that's released, I, I'll be honest, I don't see that as a great loss. No. Um, cool. Let's have a quick look at the table. Not the, I assume the Charlton game has finished now. Um, so maximum upside is 69. So Ipswich with the Charlton victory can go no higher 
than ninth position. Obviously, could be caught by any number. There is danger, <laughs> danger there looking at that. And with the dreadful goal difference as well, which is actually ninth place with a minus goal difference. You you, you figure that out. There you go. Um, but yeah, there is actually danger in that final game of dropping places if they um, were, for example, to have another nil-nil. Um, anyone down to Accrington, although Accrington have a negative goal difference, don't they? Um, but even Doncaster with a win um, yeah. would go to a um, would go to a superior goal difference. Um, we, could, we could see Steve Evans finish above us again for the second year in a row at Chillingham, <laughs> and that really shows where we are. Let's be honest. <laughs> but again, that's so frustrating. I mean, you look, uh, Portsmouth are in sixth on is it seventy uh, seventy two? Yeah. So the maximum that sixth place is likely to get is going to be seventy five points this year. It was there for the taking, wasn't it? You know, it's so frustrating. If you look back, what six weeks, eight weeks ago, it was just there. All we had to do was be reasonably competent and reasonably consistent, and it really was there. But you know, there we go. We've spent more than enough time, I guess, on these on these shows and in our on Twitter and stuff, saying about what what could have been. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, do let us um, know what your questions are and your comments. Uh, we can kind of hand it off a little bit to you guys in the chat. One from me, and this is to Seb and obviously to the chat. Uh, so, Luton have drawn with Rotherham, which means, um, look, Wickham are basically down barring... 14 nil wins and whatnot at the at the weekend. They can mathematically stay up. So we'll be getting Wickham back. And then there's obviously two very big clubs, at least one of which will be going down with Sheffield Wednesday and Derby. Rotherham, I think, have to go to Cardiff. Um, would you almost prefer the potential train wreck of someone like Sheffield Wednesday or Derby than oh, yeah, Ro- yeah. Rotherham will just keep Paul Warren and probably finishing the top Win four the again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rotherham are schooled at this level, aren't they? They'll know exactly what they need to do. I think, uh, you know, a, a financial mess that is Sheffield Wednesday or Derby with a huge turnover of players and uncertainty in the management is a much better option for the league. But then to be fair, I think I said that about Hull this time last year when they got relegated and and we kind of thought they might slip away and they've just walked the league. So it's never an exact science, but given the choice right now, I think I would prefer Wickham, Derby and Sheffield Wednesday because I think Rotherham, if they come down, we'll just, you know, we've been here before, we'll regroup and like you said, they'll finish, you know, upper upper echelons of the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, Richard has just tweeted, Richard of our own parish. I'm on Naked, you know, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Craig text me. <laughs> I will be on the Naked Football Show Um Tomorrow, I haven't been on for like a year and a half, so um, that will be fun. Um, what's Michael saying? There'll be two new wide players in the front three behind uh, Norwood Dobra yeah. to play in an Eric Gates type role. Um, that will be nice. Um, Chris is kind of doing it the other way than I was doing it with the teams coming down. Who do we want to see win the playoffs and not be someone we have to worry about next season? He's suggesting Sunderland, uh, Blackpool. Um, all confirmed now. Well, in fact, it's 
yeah, Lincoln, Sunderland and Blackpool are all confirmed. Like you said, um, Seb, it's only potentially, I haven't looked at the fixtures actually, between Pompey, Oxford and Charlton. But look, to Chris's point, Seb, uh, look, who, whoever wins the playoffs, you're still keeping down three of Pompey, yeah. Lincoln, Sunderland, Blackpool, who are all going to be an absolute nuisance next season, aren't they? I think so, but I do agree with Chris. I'd like Sunderland to get rid because you know the, the the buyout and the investment they might have, they'll really really rival us in terms of going after targets and stuff. And and they are a massive club at this level. So you know Blackpool, you could argue, is it a bit of a one season wonder? I think they've got quite a few players out of contract. Portsmouth um, seem to be having financial difficulties, and we hear from their fans that they want all the squad released. So they seem to be in a bit of a, <laughs> a similar a similar mindset to ourselves. Um, so Sunderland for me are the ones I'd look to go up because if you've got two biggish clubs coming down in Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. We're still stuck here. Portsmouth are stuck here. You know, you want to get, get, get rid of some of those, those threats, hopefully, if next season goes to plan. Interesting. Um, should we go player of the year? Um, and let's get, <laughs> let's get your real, real suggestions in here. I don't want protest suggestions, but um, anyone in the chat and test your brain because this is a difficult conundrum, isn't it? Um, player of the year in the chat. I know that's been coming up. Um, obviously, it is your right to do a protest vote, but I'm interested in who actually is the real um, player of the year. Um, what are you saying, Seb? I was torn between Dizelle and Bishop um, simply because they've both, you know, finally played a decent amount of games. And at the start of the season, Bishop was looking really good, you know, sort of in the, the number eight role, looking to get forward and scoring a few games. And Dizelle, because for him, you know, I think it's been a big season in terms of he's, he's come back from that horrific injury two, three years ago. He's looked to play, you know, he's, he's played the, the vast majority of games. Okay, there's an argument he should have had a rest at some time. Um, but I went for, uh, I actually voted for Bishop in the end out of the two of them. Um, other notable mentions, I think if James Wilson had stayed fit for the whole season and played for the whole season, we'd be in a lot. Oh, there you go. Some of the comments coming through now are, are agreeing. If we'd have had a Wilson fit at the back for the entire season, I think we'd be in a much, much stronger position because his record when we've, you know, when he's been fit and he's played, our record is really, really good. So he's been a, a big, big miss. Um, this is coming up now, isn't it? It's, it, it? The whole Chambers thing never, ever, <laughs> ever goes. In about 10 years' time, um, there'll be some way that Chambers can come back at right back for a game but obviously it looks like there's going to be a right back shaped hole um could it possibly be a um a teary send off farewell type thing but it is quite likely that we are going to see chambers at the weekend isn't it i would have thought so either at the right back position or he'll slide wolfenden across like he did earlier in the season and put chambers at center back he deserves if, if he's going to be released then he deserves at least you know one last one last game it's it's a shame portman road won't be full obviously to give him a decent send off because you know whatever people's views are on him and you know i understand he's been captain of the worst year of our time but personally none of that for me is his fault he's not made the decisions to to cut back costs and poor recruitment for me he deserves a decent send-off and you know if he's going to finally play his last game for us on Sunday then then it would be lovely for him to get one last run out and get the appreciation I think he deserves because I I honestly think we'll miss him a little bit I do understand people's views and say you've got to have a brand new era you've got to start afresh rip the plaster off etc but I just I just think you know the stuff he does with the youth players the stuff that we don't get to see necessarily on a on a day-to-day basis I think will start to be missed when he if or when or if he, he moves on um, I think we're just about to trigger Anir in the chat, but we might get some whining Bristol City fans again. I seem to be hearing from a lot of whining Bristol City fans at the moment, Seb. Mm-hmm. But Andy Rolls, um, in the most unsurprising appointment in the history of football appointments, was, um, well, he left Bristol City last week and uh, Mark Ashton um, is um, putting the band back together, <laughs> isn't he? Um, Andy Rolls is going to be the director of performance now immediately we get um told about bristol city's appalling um injury record we're used to an appalling injury record of our own obviously it's a little bit frustrating when we get new people and look there's there's a there's a black and there's a there's a white here and i i do think some bristol city fans are just not very happy this season and they want to you know, they want to yell at uh, Mark Ashton. They want to yell at Steve Lansdowne. They want to yell at um, Andy Rolls and all of this. Um, what's, what, what's your view? Because sometimes you look through the injuries that actually happen and, you know, they're tackles in games, which yeah. is 
which is not the um, performance director's um, lookout, is it? But um, in comes Andy Rolls. And as, as Greg, sorry, this is going to be the longest question in the history of questions. As Gregor McGregor said to me um, on the interview we did with him when Mark Ashton was announced, the, the Bristol City journalist, um, when does having good contacts become jobs for the boys? And when does jobs for the boys become... Mm -hmm well, I've just got contacts and I know people in football. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's encouraging because we're finally looking to appoint footballing people with, with a footballing background into key areas, you know, in the past, Evans would have gone to somebody at the club already and just changed their job title for the for the upcoming season. So, you know, we're starting to appoint people in the correct positions. If you believe what TWTD and stuff are saying, there's more to come with Scott Barron potentially coming back as a recruitment analyst and, you know, some sort of recruitment professional. So it's encouraging that we're looking to get these kind of things done. And, and let's be honest, we need some sort of head of sports science or some sort of head fitness coach type role dramatically you know our our record with injuries is poor we have a lot of the muscular type injuries not so much the in-game ones but the ones where people pull up so if he can make a bit of a difference there happy happy days I mean for, for me the the number one thing is at least we're getting these things done and these guys are taking drops down from a, a championship club you know I know they've not had the best of seasons this year but they've got a big manager in Nigel Pearson you could, you could argue they're looking to to looking to push on you'll know better than me what Rob Bristol City fans will be thinking and what they're hoping for next year but these guys are looking to you know come down very to us angry and, <laughs> extremely angry people at the moment but they must have been solved the dream you know by either O'Leary or the, the three <laughs> or the three lines so um i think it's encouraging that you know good footballing people are being appointed into the right positions and i can't really see how we can get it wrong compared to what we have done in the past you know where we've just had no head of sports science and no recruitment head of recruitment you know i think it's i think it's an encouraging thing and hopefully we'll see a few more positions filled quite quickly and I guess I for just, them as well, for Bristol City, it's a chance, isn't it? If Ashton's going, it's a bit of a chance for them to clear the decks. You know, has Pearson signed a three-year deal the other day, didn't he? So he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's clearly going to be looking to to mould the backroom the backroom staff as he wants. So it kind of works both ways. You know, they might be looking for a, a freshening up and a change, and, and hopefully we can take advantage of that. And the proof will be in the pudding, as I keep saying to lots of um, Bristol City friends of mine, who um, with every person that comes across want to tell me how terrible they are. <laughs> I I keep saying I would quite happily swap the very yeah. terrible last five years that Bristol City have had with 100 points under Steve Cottrell, um, selling Aidan Flint and Bobby Reid and Adam Webster and Lloyd Kelly and uh, Josh Brownhill and whoever and making um, lots of money and beating Manchester United in the Cup and finishing near the playoffs in the Championship without parachute payments. Um and having the CEO of the year 2019, don't forget from that honour. Oh, there you go. And that beautiful new stand they've built and the expansion of Ashton Gate. Um, you know, I'd, I think most Ipswich fans would take that as the next um, sort of three to five years, wouldn't they? But I understand. I, I get it. Um, keep your comments coming in. We'll stay on um, a few more minutes if there's any questions um, coming in. Uh, so keep them coming as we go, um, season's winding down now. Seb, Fleetwood, one more game to go. Um, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Obviously, it's been the first season of the um, sort of live YouTube stream. So um, we really, really appreciate it, even though it feels like... Well, look, the last couple of times I've been on here, we've lost 3-0 on a Tuesday night, not drawn 0-0. So, um yeah. There we go. Um, keep your questions coming in. Again, um, follow on Twitter. Um, and you can super chat at any point in the broadcast. Um, in, in reality, all the, the, channel. The, the entire fan base is united. We're just waiting for, you know, 3 p.m. on Sunday, aren't we, where the season is finished, it's over. And, you know, I assume the retained list will be out pretty much 9 o'clock on the dot on Monday morning. We'll then know for definite who's moving on and we can just look forward to a real summer, summer of excitement. I mean, you know, I, I've not looked forward to a summer probably since the, the the year we finished fifth in the Premier League, you know, and went out and signed all Finity George and Serenian stuff. You know, this could be a real, real exciting summer. If we get things right and things move quickly, you know, we might not have to wait for Ashton maybe to get a few bodies in. And then when he comes in, hopefully it'll be like a conveyor belt, you know, next, next, next. And uh, it can be a real, real sense of optimism. And then the usual tick-offs will happen. The new kit will come out. The squad numbers will come out. The first preseason friendly game will come about. And then before we know it, hopefully touch wood, there'll be... 20,000 there for the first game with the three Lions. And then who knows where a bit of optimism, a bit of sensible recruitment can take us next year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I honestly think we might. You, our friends up the road who've done their um, uh, Vrancic and Teti have been announced mm. as being released today. So I think when Paul Cook knows who's fit for the weekend and who he does and doesn't need, there, there is even a chance that they might drip out some announcements even before um, the week, the weekend. I know you can get egg on your face doing that, but yeah, it does. It does totally um, feel like that. I'm just going to ask you, Seb, about Kieran Dyer. Um, I know we were all a bit disappointed when Liam Richardson, uh, who's done a great job at Wigan, hasn't he signed up there, but Dyer's um, Richard's been posting the quotes in the chat. Dyer's doing the press now. Um, is is the Richardson-shaped hole a, a, a big opportunity for, for Dyer, who's front and centre in front of the cameras now? Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's, he's Cook obviously clearly rates him because he's promoted him from the under-23s role and he's involved in all the warm-ups. And, you know, that, that role, I guess, in theory, could be there for him. Personally, I wouldn't mind an external appointment. Um, I'd like someone who comes in who can look to... You know, look to challenge Cook and support him in the right ways. But sometimes I just think you need a bit of a a bit of a freshness. But there's no reason why Kieran Dyer couldn't stay involved in the first team and be a first team coach. He's clearly very highly rated. You know, I mean, he'd be the best the, the best playing history of any any coach of ours for a good number of years. He's made no no uh, qualms about the fact he wants to be a manager. He said in the past, I want to be a manager at Ipswich Town. So if he can learn from Cook, either in an assistant manager role or in a first team coach role, then there's absolutely no reason. You know, we, we can't be the the benefits of that. He talks really well uh very good tactically apparently at the under 23s level and you know he must have an amazing contact list of of people he's played with and people he's played against so you know that information is there to be utilized and cook can look to use it either on a assistant manager basis or a first team coach but but for me i would prefer an external appointment i just think you need that bit of freshening up sometimes absolutely um eric asks new keeper ideas can i sort of parlay that into um you said cornell did did quite well um, yeah. tonight. Do, do, do you but, see a, Do you see a new keeper, or one, one or other of those yeah. dropping away? The trouble you've got, they're both contracted for another year, aren't they? So you're not going to register three senior keepers in the squad list next year. So either you've got to move somebody on and keep one as the backup and go and get somebody new. I mean, wholly to be fair, as kept, is it 16, 15, 16 clean sheets this year? So from a purely numbers point of view, you look at Holy and think, okay, he's decent. And then equally, you'd look at Cornell with the distribution at his feet and think, okay, he's decent. But we've seen in so many games, you know, they have both got quite a bad Rick and quite a bad error in them. So I think he'll look to bring somebody else in and move one of those two on. And for me, you could you could toss a coin which one you keep and which one you look to move on. I, I imagine Cornell won't be on much money having come in from Northampton. Um, so maybe that's got something to do with it. If, if Holy's the bigger wage earner, you want to free up a bit of wages for the salary cap management protocol rules, whatever they are. Uh, maybe he's the one to look to move on. But I think it's an area Cook will look to address. But Surely, all of our recruitment focus really needs to be going onto the first, you know the the three behind the striker, the creativity and the striking options. That's where we need urgent work. The defence isn't that bad. You can pick up Neil's pick up Neil's question there. Then, uh, what about Lang from Wigan? He played against us a few weeks ago. Um, I know Wigan's got new ownership now. Can you see uh, Cook going back to an old club and paying a fee for a player already playing in League One? Um, potentially, I guess it depends what we're going to do. You know, if 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 the rumours are to be believed on Twitter and stuff, then we're going to be looking at going at sort of you know championship level kind of players to hopefully steamroll to the league. But I think I think Cook has said a couple of times he wants to go back to his generals. You know, his trusted people. Roy Keane did it with the Sunderland guys. Mick McCarthy did it with with Wolves guys. You know, people like to have people in the dressing room they can trust, and that normally comes with having played played under them before so I think the likes of Evans from Wigan might well come in he's out of contract I believe isn't he so I think he'll be one of the ones that Cook looks to do as a one of his midfield two and the rest of them will depend if, if we can't get off our, our first choice targets if we are looking in the the lower end championship kind of you know shopping list if we can't get those guys in then potentially there's no reason we couldn't go and look to pay a fee for a league one player but I don't think we're going to need to spend that much money given the the massive players that are about to go onto the free market you know this isn't going to be a season where you've got to spend seven eight million quid to get out of league one a bit of quality up front you know a johnson clark harris type player for a million quid and some really decent creativity 1.2 says dara Oh, yeah, yeah, and some uh, some uh, creative, uh, creative, creativity and pacing behind him could make all the difference. And I don't think you'd have to spend a lot of money to do that, to be honest. So old generals, then. So Nathan Byrne, Jay Dunkley, Kieran <laughs> Dow, Kiefer Moore, um, Jamal Lowe. It'll be nice, wouldn't they? All playing at these. Actually, Nathan Byrne might be available if Derby go down, but 
he'll go back to the championship, won't he? Um, Liam asked, um, Ben, not you, Seb, I'll answer this one. Uh, do you reckon there will be less loans next season from Premier League clubs as they've not really worked? Um, I think several things are going to happen in the transfer window that are going to make it. Everything's going to get moved back, I think, because we're um, just coming out of COVID. It's going to be a million players out of their contracts. They're all going to go first. Then people are going to be sizing other people up in terms of fees. Uh, we've got the Euros as well, which slows down the um, you know the the chain, doesn't it? Normally, even though we're Ipswich and we're talking about League One, normally there'll be a ridiculous transfer ten removed that starts the ball rolling to get a parachute team to spend some money in the Championship to flood some money into the Championship to let Championship teams release to then go to League One where. We we would likely, along with Sunderland, be the last people in the pyramid, other than Salford, with money. So I think it's all going to be um, a bit rainy day stuff. So if loans are happening, I think I, I can just see this being a, a rush summer. And I think it's going to be hard work for anyone who, you know, doesn't have Champions League, Premier League, or and it's always hard for those people. But I, I think it's going to... Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a um, harem scaring run. And hopefully uh, we'll have business done nice and early. But um, there we go. Thank you, Liam. Uh, Seb, uh, is it worth pinning our hopes on Norwood staying fit next season or cutting our losses? There is obviously the, you know, you can bring in competition for him as well. Yeah, I think that's what will happen. I don't think he'll be our our starting striker at the start of next season, but there's no reason. I mean, the ball's in his court, isn't it? If he can go away and have a really good pre-season and come back lean and fit and firing and, and hopefully stay fit, there's no reason with better players behind him and better service, he can't score us, you know, 10, 15 goals a season. But I do think if we're starting the first game of next season with him as our first choice striker, it would suggest that our summer recruitment hasn't gone amazingly. I, I guess we'll look to bring in at least two strikers. And I guess with that extra competitiveness for him up front it might might bring the best out of him but it's it's totally in his hands what he does this summer uh liam after besmirching your character and slandering your good name has apologized <laughs> there we go for direct because you don't have to apologize <laughs> liam it's me being a uh s house and there you go this one directed to you then so um any likelihood of cook, cook going back for grig or garner would you leave sunny Cyprus for League One? I don't, I'm not sure I would. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you sat on a lovely beach in 25, 30 degree weather for Accrington away on a Tuesday night, I'm not sure I'd do that if I was Joey Garner. And don't forget, he got very homesick here last time. So he either loves Wigan area or Cyprus. He's not not one for Suffolk. <laughs> not one for Suffolk. Uh, get your last comments in and we will wrap up here now. Um, it was Shrewsbury nil. Ipswich nil. Please hit like on the video subscribe on youtube if you have not already any last questions coming in for seb get them in real quick another quick plug there 20 percent off favorite chicken for blue monday subscribers if you're in the itch area takeaway only they'll deliver it to you of course www.chicken-ipswich.co.uk uh, and a discount code bm20 at the checkout if anyone watches that back i was literally that was like indiana jones pulling his um, pulling his hat from under the thing <laughs> in the Temple of Doom or whatever it was, trying to chase that blooming ticker. Um, I spend most of my life looking at one of these tickers at the moment. Um, any final thoughts on this one tonight, Seb? By the way, guys, if you want shout-outs, um, let us know now and we'll give you a shout-out in the um, in the final little segment of the show. Any final thoughts on tonight, Seb? No, it was it was what it is. You know, it's a dead rubber game, completely pointless. I've got a feeling that Fleetwood, I guess get you in the comments what your predictions for, for Sunday for Fleetwood. I'm guessing that might be a similar kind of vein. And, and we're all just counting down, aren't we, to the season's over. It's been done now for the last four or five games. We are all counting down until the real excitement starts following the, uh, the end of the Fleetwood game. Tonight was what it was. It was dead rubber. Two teams that, you know, lacked quality in key areas, especially up front. We look better than recent weeks, but still, still lacking, lacking that creativity and lacking that attacking intent. And hopefully, they'll be top of the list for the, the things to fix in the summer. Over to you, Mr. Cook. Brilliant stuff. All right, thank you, Seb. Where can um, people find you on Twitter? At uh, Brown S zero eight. Uh, so go and give Seb a follow on Twitter. If you want to shout out, let us know. Now we are off in just a minute. Um, all of the Blue Mondays ticking along uh, the bottom there. It's at Blue Monday ITFC on Twitter, which is where the majority, this plant, this little fruit fly, just keeps <laughs> coming around and then flying towards the light up there. Most annoying. Um, YouTube, of course, 
it, this season is more important to subscribe to YouTube than ever with the um, the live streams on here. We're on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, let us know if you want a shout out. There's Charlie predicting a one-all draw at Fleetwood. I can see um, that being a draw, yeah. I can see that petering out to a draw. Shout out for fans all around the world, of course. Bye from Brisbane, um, whatever time it is there. Michael, I hope it's not four in the morning or something. Uh, HCH, I always butcher this one, 9990. <laughs> uh, Chambo to score from the spot. There we go. And yeah, he's right. Hit like on the vid. I'm not doing my plugging properly. Um, would I like a completely injury? Yes, please. In League yeah. One, Jamie Patterson. Um, uh, I think he may be plying his trade a bit higher up than that. But yeah. He'd be, he'd be a lovely signing, wouldn't he? Uh, thank you, Chris Rand, uh, Charlie D, Liam, uh, Anir, the cantankerous Bristol City fan there. Um, <laughs> uh, Neil says 2-0 uh, Chambers with one of the goals. Um, Bits again, thank you for the super chat. Thank you, Eric Clacton. Not Eric Clapton, who has been wonderful tonight, but Eric Clacton. It's always wonderful in Clacton. You know when I start doing these links that it's time to <laughs> time to hang up the street. Uh, Chambo's fist pump. Uh, John Uffy. Uh, Robert, me from Hopton in Norfolk. Um, how dare you slander my good name. There we go. Well, a great way to finish. It was Shrewsbury, Neil. Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. Remember Paul Hurst confirming what he thought that was in the first. It's a long, long time for a mention of Paul Hurst in a Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury um uh, pod. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Say goodnight, Seb. Thank you, everybody, and um, we'll look to see you next year on the live streams again. Hopefully Absolutely. with a lot more excitement to talk about. <laughs> Goals everywhere. Yeah, shots on target, crazy <laughs> things. <laughs> Dribbling, <laughs> running. Uh, if I could do a Roy Keane impression now, I, I would do it. But uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, we will be back for our last show of the season on Sunday, which is Mikey hosting and Joe and Dave I think so. Goodbye from me for the season. We'll be doing our season reviews. Of course, you want to see more of me. I'm on YouTube 17 hours a day talking about the championship. (laughs) Uh, I've got this playoff schedule thing up there, Seb, which just basically says no sleep for about the next three weeks as well. So um, Benjamin Bloom Football Channel there. And I will be talking Ipswich Town on the Naked Football Show. Um, tomorrow so very much looking forward to that right thank you everybody for watching hit like before you go and we will see you very soon thanks for watching or listening to the blue monday podcast and thanks to those of you who have kindly supported the channel via acast or youtube donations you can follow us at the usual places on social media and don't forget to subscribe so that you get our new shows first It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.